In this week's episode, we are talking about the women that we love, the women that we look up to and admire, and also why it was a little bit tricky to think of these women and what truly loving a woman within our lives really means. So tune in to listen to our list and see who we chose. Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. Hi and welcome to episode 39 of this podcast. So, This episode, we wanted to be a nice, inspirational, lovely one, talking about the women that we love and admire. Um, However, it did bring up some interesting things. So we're going to go through a few different women that we look up to. um, And then we're going to have a little chat about the importance of the women that we do have in our lives that inspire us on a daily basis. So, Sherelle, who is your ultimate woman that you love? <laughs> so anyone who's ever followed me on Instagram or followed anything I've ever done will know it's Beyonce. Woo! I am a proper beehive baby. Um, honestly, I at the moment, um, recently, a few days ago, there's been like rumours going around that Destiny Child are going to come back together <gasps> for a 20th anniversary tour. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like one of my friends sent it to me and it just was like, we are going 17 exclamation marks because I am. I have probably seen Beyonce perform about six times maybe in concert. Um, And I have ever since Session Child, I've just been the biggest, the biggest fan. She for me is, I think I actually, I've got a video about the six reasons I think it's like the six things I've learned from Beyonce this is how much I love Beyonce for me she definitely is the the biggest inspiration she, she's you know her lyrics are on my vision board she's on my vision board I think it's on my vision board twice um <laughs> why not she's got she's got enough to go around yeah she, she's with the picture that's like all the rest of the people I would want to hang around with and then I have one picture of her that just says boss. Sherelle's now <laughs> looking at her vision board I can see her eyes like I'm like <laughs> hey Beyonce um and I remember I think uh, a few years ago I had a friend who like was traveling the world and she met someone who was like friends with Beyonce and I was like why why have you not stayed in touch with this person? Like, I would have been three degrees of separation. Like, I'm getting closer and closer. Like, I'm obsessed. It's absolutely crazy. But um, but the thing is, I there's so many reasons about her that are like, yes, she's a massive pop star. And as a child, I clearly wanted to be a pop star. And then I think as a teen, I found her music really inspiring. Um, you know, there's lots of stuff like independent women. And just, it was a strong female anthems that absolutely mm. match my personality and what I believe about stuff. And then in recent years, I have found it very interesting in terms of her getting married and like the whole Mrs. Carter tour. And how do you be, a str- how have you, she's tried to, you know, keep a brand going but got married. Like so much of her stuff to that date had been about being this strong, independent woman. And she got married and, you know, it could have been 
it could have been quite detrimental. Like, I think she really had to think about positioning it. Like, I thought it was a very brave tour to come out about pushing being married and using her, like, new name and stuff. And I remember just thinking, but I have respect for you because you're you're still going out, you're still making new music. And, you know, she. I still like, I like the album that's come out afterwards. It's not been the end of my love relationship with her. And then I went to the last tour where then uh, Jay-Z was with her. Mm. And... <laughs> And I mean, honestly, I was like, you're just, you're a shambles and your wife is showing you up so badly. But <laughs> but it was really easy. If, but if I you listen really... to this podcast, we're really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I just love your wife and you just go back on tour separately. But it's really interesting because, and also like the end of that, the end of that concert, they like announced their like new album that was coming out. And it was like a massive marketing stunt. So like from a marketing perspective, I love her so much. She's built a massive brand and a business. And um, in terms of how like the recent performance at Coachella and how like she recorded it and she got the rights to it. And then so she mentioned she to Netflix. Like, I'm like, yes, she's amazingly talented. Like, yes, I wish I could sing and dance like her. There is no doubt about it. And anyone that's ever been on the dance floor when a Beyonce song comes on knows that about me. But actually I love her in terms of how she how she has built a business and how she has turned her talent into money there's lots of artists that haven't managed to do that in any way shape or form and also especially I'd probably say the so it's not her last album now because I think the Lion King new one's just come out but the one before which has stuff like formation when was really started to go into more what it means to be a black woman in America and that has definitely she is someone that looks enough like me that's always been quite inspiring that's made you think oh this could happen to me or I could achieve this and like there's a line in formation which is like I'm a black Bill Gates in the making and it's like it just for me is everything about what she's trying to do and who she is and I'm like so from so many levels that's why for me it's always an instantaneous like she is the person like yes she's the person I look up to. So Sherelle's mastermind topic is Beyonce and your time starts <laughs> now. <laughs> Okay, now I can see the pure love for Beyonce in your eyes and I, yeah, she's she's there and I, I do adore her as well as a businesswoman. I think she's incredibly smart um, and yeah, black representation is, is fantastic with her. So I think, um, yeah, so I struggled with this, which surprised me a lot um and we'll especially since Beverly chose the topic <laughs> I did yeah and it's it but it's interesting isn't it like when you say something then when you think about it and you're like oh um and we'll come on to that a bit more but the woman that did just pop to my head was Oprah um mm. and the reason is when I've kind of thought about it is because um so I'm a big fan of her Super Soul Sunday and because a lot of the work I do is very spiritually linked as well, I find that she is the key figure when it comes to promoting spirituality and that way of thinking in the day-to-day um, and to the masses. And the, all the women that I look up to within the entrepreneurial world who have a spiritual side um, are all linked and associated with her. Yeah. And I think her Super Soul Sunday is very, very powerful in explaining different methods and approaches. Um, and, you know, I adore her. Like, I just think she has achieved so much. She's a very inspirational woman. She's very powerful. Um, I think she's very clever from a business point of view, from a financial and investment sort of aspect. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah i just i just think she is a woman that i would like to aspire to to gain that that skill set of in in terms of you know knowing her worth knowing her value being feisty but still having that gentle emotional feminine energy around her um and just totally bossing her like i just think she's been and is fab so that was the woman that first came to my mind but i struggled i really struggled and i think the reason I struggled was because the women that were coming to my mind were what I would maybe say were a bit more on the fluffy side. And I kind of like had a guilt aspect of that because I thought, oh, surely I should be a bit more deeper with this. Mm. Um, and then I kind of gave my permission to not be and just say whatever. Um, but we had a quick chat about this before we started, didn't we? And so one of the women that came to my mind, but who I didn't actually write down was Katy Perry. Because okay. I love her like you love Beyonce. But I also, I'm not sure why I love her. I just love her. So, so you share what you said. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is the thing that's interesting. Because I said sometimes we can love people and actually there's no reasoning behind it. And I think particularly with celebrities, mm. because they get to this sort of status that they're, they're in our consciousness, that society's pushing them all the time, that we put them on this pedestal. And this is why I, when Verity said about Oprah, and I said, everything about me loves Oprah. And if you were to ask me, like, she definitely would be right up there. In fact, of my five friends I want to make friends with on my vision board, Oprah is one of them. But when I really sat down to think about it, I was like, I've sort of lost reality with the reasons why I love her, mm. if that makes sense. Like she's got to the point where she's just so huge and everyone I know loves her and respects her and she's done great things and she's a yeah, great businesswoman and all this. There's so many reasons why she's amazing. But actually, I think now just got to the point where I've not read about her recently necessarily or I've, I've actually like I've not listened to Super Soul that much recently and I think in many ways it's like the Oprah of X amount of years ago maybe was what I've fallen in love with but I've not kept up to date with but in the same way you're saying about Katy Perry I think all of us have some people in our lives that have got this status for some reason or another and we sort of don't have a lot it's, it's an emotional thing rather than a logical thing mm. Mm, like that's why you can't actually put into words why Katy Perry is a person. It's just, it's an emotional level why you just connect. Yeah. And I think it's actually made us think about the, the title of this and the word that we use. So I said, let's, Sherelle, let's talk about women that we love. Mm -hmm. And that is an emotional, you know, not women who we respect, not women who we admire, not women who we're inspired by, but women that we love. And maybe that's where we have a block in the, you know, love is kind of inexplainable like you know you you can love someone and you don't know why but there's just that natural yeah. emotional connection um so maybe we'll change the title you know by the time we yeah. we push it out we don't know but this is the beauty of you can see us working rawly and how our minds work but um what I I'm gonna... no go on so what I was going to say was, since I mentioned about Oprah I would say is if you'd ask me I have a vision board and I have five women that I basically clearly want to be best friends with um but I wouldn't necessarily say I love I suppose it's interesting you just said about love I suppose I like maybe inspire them I'm motivated by them other words but basically clearly women are high up and I had the time so I made this what 
seven months ago and I had Amy Porterfield, who's like an online marketer and entrepreneur, Marie Folio, again, like life coach, business, marketer, Oprah, Beyonce, and Denise DeFore Thomas, who's like a, a money mindset coach. And it's funny looking at that now, seven, eight months on and seeing how my relationship in the in the last eight months has really changed and one of the things I've spoken a lot to Verity since making this podcast has been about how actually the more I've spent time online the more I've been really aware about the people we follow and sort of what they represent and so actually on that board like when I think about Amy, Amory, and Denise, these are all business women that I do definitely look up to, like Denise and um, Marie, I've bought their courses and stuff, but I've realized that my life has become so um, American, uh, Denise is Australian, but a lot of my life has become white American focused. And the podcasts I listen to, although most people are um, white, um, white American like podcasters or online entrepreneurs or marketeers and it's this image has become the constant of what I'm consuming and it has made me think of what that does to me personally but also it's made me think about like representation and so that's why it's interesting I think it is one of the reasons why I wonder if someone was as still as absolutely as talented as Beyonce I still would have the same love because there was still this like thing about being she to a degree looks like me and it's like my idea of what I am in my head and so when I was trying to think of other women for example one of the women I chose was Karen Brady and I know one of the reasons why I'm really inspired by her is because she's a British businesswoman and I remember reading her book like a few years ago and her struggles of like, working in a male-dominated environment because she was working football at the beginning of her career. But as a white woman that was in Britain, and I remember just reading it and really connecting because it was a British story. And now she's gone on, like, now she's a... I don't want to get this wrong. Maybe she's an OBE or CBE. She's been... She's got some sort of title from the Queen. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she got two maybe but she's she's done good girl done good yeah yeah she's done good um and now she's and you know she she does a lot to support future other women and obviously it's very british focused and she's on the british version of the apprentice and i think there is a part of me that's the reason why i chose her was i find her very relatable because she's from where i live and it feels as if again that's achievable and i think that's the thing that's quite interesting is when i started to dig down a bit like when you were saying about oprah's when we start trying to dig down to the reasons why we we are inspired or motivated or love people, it's working out what are the reasons for it and finding out that sometimes being able to be relatable in some way, shape, or form can make that feeling deeper. Yeah. Oh, I think this topic could go very, very deep. We 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 chose this as like a light, fluffy one, but I think both of us kind of came on to record today, being like we really struggled and. Um, thank you for talking about representation with black women because we've spoke about it a lot and and as a white woman have, working with Sherelle even though I've been aware of diversity being a marketer because it's kind of one of the most natural things skills to have as a good marketer um, I, it, you have made me much more aware of the lack of um, visibility um, of black women within many areas of life yeah. Um, especially business um, and and then it's also made me think about my own 
minority, which has been a bisexual woman in a lesbian relationship. So we both are, are working with minorities um, and the lack of representation in that. And I think mm -hmm. it's something that, you know, it it's uh, quite shocking how, because I, even though I've always been bisexual, because I was like, felt more of a straight woman for like three decades of my life, I wasn't as aware of the lack of representation, whereas you, Sherelle, have, you know, been born and raised and are a black woman. And so you've always been aware of that. And um, yeah, it was something I was very conscious of when I was putting this list together, because like Sherelle said, um, my list is predominantly white American. And I was like, why? Like, why is this? You know, and it's something that we spoke about with the podcast that, first of all, we're very proud that we're two British hosts um, and that we're based both in London and out of London because we want listeners to be able to relate to the stories that we have being different women. Secondly, we're proud that we are women because when you go to podcasts, a lot of them are dominated by men in terms of the, the charts and everything. Um, and so we're really, really proud about what we're achieving with this and hope that we reach women who can relate to us through that and who maybe would not connect with a man presenting it as much or an, an American person um, presenting it as much. But I think that me and Sherelle have been kind of business-wise raised in an environment where white American women have led and there's nothing wrong with that. That's great, but we need diversity. And I wonder sometimes if it's because me and Sherelle are so ambitious that they're the women at the top of the game. And so yeah. they're the women we look up to, aren't they? Um, and I think, I mean, I've been judged in the past just quickly because for Powerhouse Book Club, because we read so many books by white men, mm -hmm. for example, and people say to me, it's a book club for women, why is there not more by um, women? And so I think like there is definitely, America's a bigger country, so there's clearly more people. And I think they promote themselves better. And that's why they've managed to just have these profiles that means that they're in our zeitgeist and that's why we know who they are. Um, but I do think there is something important about trying to mix it up. So I think it was interesting when you, you were saying like, yes, we've got loads of American like the entrepreneurial world, then we're going to be, obviously as women, yes, there's loads of men I follow, but then you do start to be like, oh, it's great to see a woman because it makes you think, oh, I can do it. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's one of the reasons why we have role models is we believe in people to make us think it's possible for us. Yeah. Yeah. And it is that relatability, isn't it? it it's so powerful. And that building like rapport and, and, and just seeing someone and thinking, you know, she looks like me, I can become that. And I, and it's so simple, but it is a massive, massive thing. Um, so I just, I might just go over the women that I came to mind. They, I basically thought about this question and then over the space of a few hours, they kind of kept popping in. So that's kind of how it happened. Um, because of like recently, like kind of owning my sexuality and, and, and falling in love with a woman, um, I Ellen kind of came straight to my head. Um, I recently watched a documentary she did with David Letterman that's on Netflix and it's kind of it was a bit of a life story thing and in terms of gay rights and things she did so many brave and powerful things um and I think she probably is the most famous gay woman on the planet um and I really respect her and um yeah but the thing that I struggle with her is that uh, I'm a, 
what you would call a femme girl. So even though I'm bisexual because I'm in a lesbian relationship, you would call me a femme girl, which is basically a feminine woman who is in a gay relationship and she isn't she's yeah. so there's that does that disconnect with me and that I respect her as uh, an LGBTQ plus representative but I can't a hundred percent connect with her because she's not like a girly girl with long hair like me <laughs> and so that was interesting and then I was thinking so which other LGBT women do I look up to and I was really struggling and it made me really sad and I even googled it and I saw the women but I was like but I don't really like love them like they're lovely mm. but I don't love them um and so the only other woman that came to mind and this is a really recent thing um but it is the 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 captain of the female um football um club in america so the usa team they've just yes. won the world cup um she's megan rapino hope i said that right and she is a gay woman in a relationship with sue bird who is a basketball player and the reason i love her is because you just do not mess with her she had a vision. She was going to win that World Cup. She was going to lead those women and she was going to be a proud gay woman within that. And she is quite infamous now for saying, it, when we win, we're not going to the White House because Trump okay. is very publicly racist, homophobic and everything else yeah. that you should not be <laughs> as a president of the you know, country, but anyway. Um, Gonna get in the trouble very soon. <laughs> I, well, whatever. And um, I, I just really respect her for that. I have had a lot of people say to me, she's arrogant, she's obnoxious. Yes. Who does she think she is? And I think, no, she has had to be that to get to where she is because otherwise nobody would have taken notice of her. She would have been ridiculed. She would have been bullied. She would have been harassed, whatever. She has had to rise above to get to that and I think it's purely confidence but as women sometimes that can be seen as arrogance and so I really respect her and what she's doing for like LGBT as well and representatives of that so yeah she she was someone that came to mind definitely um who else was on your list Miss Sherelle? So after I gone past obviously the obvious I tried to think I wanted to mix it up so I know I spend a lot of my day to day like in the entrepreneurial world. And so that was why I said people like um, like Marie Forleo is on my vision board because she's a massive inspiration for me from a business perspective. Um, I think her YouTube channel makes amazing content no matter what you do in your life, like just to live a better life. Um, she was, <laughs> and I really just like I love her. And the thing that really makes me laugh is basically I've drawn to her because of her energy. Mm. Like she's just. She clearly when I found out she um did dance when she was younger I was like this absolutely makes sense because she's just got that performer energy about her she's like so colorful and all her personality but also genuinely seems super caring has made content that's inspiring people and helping women around well, I don't know if b-school no b-school is like men and women so it's helping men and women around the world to build their businesses um but still does it in a way that just seems really like just really high value so I really really respect her um but then I was thinking okay outside of that world I've got to have some that are just like more real or normal I was trying to think of the books I've read that maybe inspired me and those women that wrote them and the one that came to mind was um Cheryl Sandberg I got her as well <laughs> yeah so leading 
that is, I will always say that is the turning point for me. Reading that book changed my life. And not, I would be really honest to say, it wasn't like that book. It wasn't the book absolutely changed my life. It's partly because then I joined a lean-in circle. But, so I loved her from then. I thought the whole movement of what she was doing with lean-in was really powerful. I did find the book really, really helpful. Like I, I think stuff to do with like, what would you do if you weren't afraid? The idea that like a career is a jungle gym, not a ladder. Really just... I think I'd felt really ambitious at that point and just was confused. Like I just didn't have other ambitious women around me. I was struggling. I wasn't moving up the ladder as quickly as I wanted to. And I was just like, why? And I also, I think some of the things about feeling as a woman who is ambitious and you know you're being judged and you think you're making it up in your head and her saying that was really reassuring. But actually my level of love for her really changed when I read option B. So option B mm-hmm. was written after her husband had died. And there's quite some negative criticism in Lean In that basically says, because her husband was, um, he was working at a college in America. Is it tenure? That's the word, isn't it? So he he had a tenure. And so it meant like he spent a lot of time with the children. So she was able to really be pushing her career because she had a really supportive husband. And there's some criticism in the book that says like, she comes from a very like white, privileged background and didn't really understand the how hard some other women have it and the book was a bit too idealistic basically and so and then when option b went after her husband died and she started to really talk about actually she hadn't realized how fortunate she was she hadn't really like bringing up her children now as a single parent actually how difficult it is and then option b talks about her dealing with the grief and like how to move on with life after grief and I just had so, that book, I just, I remember I got sent it by the publisher and I thought, oh, I'm like, I don't, no one's really died recently. I don't, I'm not dealing with any grief. How am I going to relate to it? And I just was blown away. Like it was mm. just such a powerful book. And I just thought if all of us could, to have the honesty to talk about her husband dying and how she felt about it and, you know, being semi in the spotlight and trying to deal with that. I, I just, it just made me, it took everything I liked about her to another level. Yeah, that's really interesting because um, I I adore her. I love her. For anyone who doesn't know, she's the COO of Facebook, isn't she? Um, yeah. Very um, res- well-respected as a woman with, within the business world. Um, so it wasn't the books for me. First of all, her TED Talk completely mm-hmm. changed my mindset. Uh, we'll put the links to everything we talk about, but that was talking about, you know, being a strong woman within the workplace. So I'm sure it was echoes of Lean In, but it was the TED Talk. And then actually a silly little thing, but her Desert Island Disc interview, I probably <gasps> yes. listened to it about 20 times. Not be, not only because the music is amazing that she chooses, but oh the way she just delivers the messages and is so raw it's really beautiful and like you say I think from a because you connect to her from a business point of view but then you see the real her um I yeah I just it bowled me over so definitely Cheryl Sandberg for both of us I think is is up there and yeah Yeah. I I do I would yeah 100% I do I love her absolutely love her um I suppose someone that I love again for no particular reason but I had a connection with is um the last queen of Jaipur (laughs) 
So it sounds a bit random, but basically um, I saw a postcard of her in India when I first went and I, it was like we, our eyes connected and I was like, oh my God, who's this? <laughs> she was rolling her eyes. I was like, oh my God, who's this woman? And I, and on the back it says she's the last queen of Jaipur. And then I learned more about her. And the reason I love her is because, I mean, first of all, she was just beyond beautiful and um, she's passed now and she was, you know, more prominent in, in the, the kind of the 20th century. But um, she was like probably one of the first Indian women to have really high representation and respect within magazines like Vogue. And she knew all the big photographers. She was dressed by amazing like designers and, you know, having a relationship with India that I do um, and thinking about representation, which was something that I really was concerned of with my list. And I had to really dig deep to think about, no, who are the women around the world who I look up to and love? Um, she was there and she, that postcard for three years has been sat on my altar that I have in my room. Oh. And yeah, I just adore her and the way she loved her husband and the way he loved her. There's lots of little snippets, nothing major, but lots yeah. of little aspects of her personality that I just connected with. And so, yeah, she was definitely another one of, of mine. And another one of mine, which is a very recent one, is Michelle Obama. <laughs> and I say it's recent, it's funny. And I bet people are thinking, what? Are you crazy? And I'm like, I genuinely pay very little attention to politics in America. I just, I just don't pay much attention to it. And so whilst, <laughs> exactly. So whilst I, I, I remember obviously the campaign for Barack, the original, not this, the first term, and being like, this is momentous, and yes, this is really important for the country and for like people around the world. I didn't really then pay much attention other than that. Like once that moment had happened and Beyonce sang at last, it was all over as far as I was concerned. <laughs> I think <maybe. laughs> like that was a perfect moment. I mean that was an emotional moment, but then after that I was like, okay, so I um but then when the book came out at end of last year, Becoming, I just thought, oh, everyone was like raving about it. And I thought, oh, it would be interesting to like read her story. And I was very fortunate. Um, I had a friend who read the book and just said, oh, I was going to take it to a charity shop. And I thought, do you want it? And I was like, yeah. And it's this really thick, it's mm. really thick, um, a hardback. So I took it home for Christmas and I read it and I was blown away. Like I knew just nothing of Michelle really. And like she came from like the South side of Chicago, which is a really poor, deprived, um, predominantly black area of Chicago. And hearing her story of like, her journey to, you know, getting to go, I can't think what college she went to, but she went to like an Ivy League, I'm pretty sure it's Ivy League college, um, to get to go to that college, to then get into be her law degree, to work in the, the, the company she was, and then basically to give it all up for a man. <laughs> wow. I mean, it was, it was, I was like, wow, it's crazy. And then when I, so I went to see her, she came, she came to the O2 to talk. And so I was quite new. I didn't really know much about her story or anything. And to go and sit in the O2, which I think is 20,000 people. Like normally you go to see a pop star. And there's this one woman just talking about her life story. And I was like, I was literally crying before they even finished. The, they did um, 
like a VT at the beginning of all like of her story and like people were talking about her and there's and I was like crying before it even finished. And I, I thought it was just amazing. Like I really had so much respect for her because it's basically the story is she didn't think Barack was gonna get to be president. So she sort of said, okay, fine, I'll let you do it, like run for it, assuming he wasn't going to get to do it. And then that would be the end and she would just go on with her happy life. Like she has no interest in politics, but because her husband ran to be president, she got dragged into it. And for the last eight years, there's just had to be this supportive woman. Like, and politics is, I think the whole structure is weird that how we force like no one seems to just be able to be like prime minister or like I forgot what it's called now president or like whatever it is in whatever country they don't seem to be able to just be that in their own right do they like yeah. they have to wheel out the wife they have to wheel out the children and it's like she didn't choose for that life at all it wasn't her passion but she was just having to stand by her man and her just talking about like all of her like childhood and her past being dragged up all the sort of she got treated horribly, mm. like so horribly during like that campaign. It was like, and thinking you're being put through that and it's not even for you. Like, I have to ha have so much, because putting yourself, like respect for her, because putting yourself in the spotlight, it's hard enough when you're doing it for you. Like it's hard enough when people are judging you, but you're like, well, I, I've got a reason. Like there's something bigger that I'm working for. Like, you know, the like the big, goal so you can forget about everything else but to be ridiculed and to be judged and to be criticized like you know people pick apart every single part of you on those campaigns and I just I just it just made me just think wow like you're such an amazing woman and then her talking about you know a sort of how she took on the role of first woman and no sorry first lady <laughs> <laughs> and how like the initiative she set up and like the charity work she was doing and all that sort of stuff and I just thought to myself like she is just so inspiring. Like it just, for me, I just thought, wow, like she absolutely owned it. Like a first lady has a, a choice and yes, they are meant to do a few things, but she went above and beyond what she needed to do while she was in that White House. And yes, you know, a large part of it is she was like, I feel pressure that like I've, you know, felt the pressure that I was like, we were the first black family in there and I needed to make sure the legacy that got left was a good legacy. Mm. But I still just feel as if she, she just did it in a, a fantastic way. And I, I feel you know the passion that's left that now you know her husband's not president it's very easy for them to have just disappeared back to us to a certain degree but the fact that still people are interested in her the fact her book came out before Barack's like all that sort of stuff and all like the world tour has been amazing that I think it just shows how much she has made an impact and she's touched people of all walks of life and I just I found it really really inspiring yeah, well, I have that book on my shelf and I haven't read it. I got it for Christmas, so I'll definitely get it on my... You should listen to her. Yeah, but I have the book, so <laughs> I may as well read it. Um, but you've just sparked something that might be a nice note for us to finish on. You said about how it sparked emotion in you. And um, I think the question that we asked at the beginning is, you know, women that we love and how... How does that look? How do we describe that? I think maybe it is, you know, that it, it does hit you in the heart sometimes. Um, and something that that's brought up in my mind is I've had two occasions in my life where I've met um, writers. Mm -hmm. And I would never, I never predicted this, but I met Jane Goldman, who actually um, has wrote some amazing things. She's Jonathan Ross's wife, but I hate saying that because it's saying, you know, she's attached to the guy. But um, just so you guys can, you know, 
picture her if you've seen pictures um she wrote stardust which is one of my favorite films um and she's she's contributed to so many other things and i met her in a restaurant and everyone was after jonathan ross and i just uh went to her and i was like sorry can i just say like i adore you and i love what you do and you're so inspirational and I, you know I, and this was when i was a bit younger i was like i want to write one day and and she was like i look forward to to reading your stuff like keep going and stuff and I just my heart was beat like in a pure love way and then last year I ended up seeing Fat Friends which used to be a British um, drama on TV and was a theatre show and it had quite a lot of famous British people in it and it was written by Kay Mellor and she came on stage because it was the last night in the theatre and I burst into tears and I thought oh my god woman what are you doing why are you burst into tears like and we went to the stage door after because my mum wanted to god bless her and everyone was going after everyone shouting names and she came out and I just waited for her and I just looked at her I was like and I didn't know what to say because I was so overwhelmed and this this makes me sound like a broken record but I was like I've listened to you Desert Island Disc and it was really good and I think you're great like this and she was like okay and I didn't say I followed you for years and I love your writing. You're really, and you just sparked that in me that I think sometimes that true love for, for women that, that are in our lives that we look up to is that more emotional connection, isn't it? So, yeah. um, but I, I think from the women listening to this, it would be really nice to hear like now you've heard our little journey through the podcast about how we've come around to to find the women we love you know do you feel you're represented in in the world and and are there women you connect with because they represent a part of you that maybe is a minority or maybe is something that is is quite unique and special um or put you know people's backstories or or what they stand for or their ethics you know it would be so nice to hear about that yeah, we'd love to know who you like as well so we can get some pictures up and also like to share them on Instagram. I think it'd be really nice to yeah. be like, here's a woman we love, but here's some other women. Because also what I'd really like to know is some of the like the, the non-famous people that you love. Like, because actually this is the thing, so many of the people we have chosen are people who are seen, people that are visible, people that are in like the public domain to quite a level right now. And I think the thing that's really powerful as well is, is all of us finding inspiration from people around us or people that you know you're more likely to be able to have in your circle and you know all of those sort of things so it'd be great if you could let us know big and small famous and like secret gem <laughs> who are the women you love and why you love them thank you so much for listening to this episode of free and figuring it out don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next installment and if you want to be a superstar please leave us a review or you can get in touch with us drop us an email at free and figuring it out at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you until next time <laughs> <laughs>